Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast. Your hosts are Wazza and Dan. Welcome, Dan. How you going, mate? Not bad, mate. Not bad. A bit disappointed from the weekend's game, like a lot of Eagles supporters would be, but we'll delve into that a bit later. Well, I don't want to say it a tip city, but I did. Yeah. And it was only by half of that. But um, anyway, a loss is probably what we need and go on to this week with a different attitude. Um, Adam Simpson's uh, been a little bit snipey this week, um, having a go firstly at um, the meeting of the coaches out at Gillen's house and, you know, interstate coaches couldn't attend and he says, look, I can understand it being in Victoria but there's probably a better place and a better time for it. Well, again, like, I'm just so glad he did because it just shows again that they, they treat this like the VFL. Um and I'll get to talk about more about the VFL in my bake later. It's not a big one, but yeah, I just reiterate things I've already said. But it does. It just shows he holds this meeting knowing that a lot of interstate coaches will not be able to attend. Yeah. With the travel burden we've already got, it's ridiculous to think that we will attend. So he's effectively got a meeting set up that's not going to address the concerns of interstate teams, basically. Yeah, well, so it's it. just Victoria-centric once again. Like. And that's what it's... And I thought Gillen coming on board as a CEO would be a breath of fresh air, but it's not. It's just... It's, to me, it looks like it's actually gone backwards. And well, maybe he's getting influenced by too many of the old VFL guys that are still on the board. I don't know. But. You've mirrored my thoughts exactly. I thought the exact same thing when he came in. And I think... I think this abolishing the sub rule could have been on his watch. And I thought this is going to be great. You know, he moves a bit quick. And he's a South but, Australian. Yeah, but then this is where it gets a bit, you know, messy because then all of a sudden he wants to sign another 40 year contract at the MCG. You know, he wants to talk about bringing in zones and stuff. And it's, it's messy. And I mean, if you want to go to the PC side of things, even the women's AFL with the Hannah Monsey thing. Like, that's still in news, on your news feed, you see in footy columns and that. It's like, it's dealt with, you know, why don't you just, you know, deal with it once and for all, you know? So yeah. it's just one mess after the other with this guy now. I'm really not enjoying his then, tenure. <laughs> yeah. And then Simo uh, took a veiled swipe at Alan Richardson and Chris Scott by saying, get there early to the Bombers game this week, guys, because the noise of affirmation, we might get some more free kicks. Yeah, but when you're on bottom of the ladder, Alan Richardson, I think you've got more to worry about than free kick counts, especially when you're bottom of the ladder for a reason. It's because you're not that great a side, so you're obviously going to give away a lot of free kicks. And they're lucky that their sons had a massive last quarter fade out. Otherwise, they'd still be only one win. Yeah, that's 39 points up, and they let it slip. Um, I saw something I found really intriguing on that issue was the fact sons just had so many kids playing, and the kids can't run at the 15 kilometres a game mark, you know what I mean? They used to 10, 11, so they tired, and it was always going to come, this tiring from the Suns, but again, that's just an excuse. Yeah, that's an excuse. Uh, I don't buy any of those excuses. No. If you're playing AFL and you can't do the acquired um, running or whatever... But it was very no, very similar to what happened in the Eagles game, wasn't it? They just came real hard in the last quarter. So their fitness base is obviously their Saints. It's just an execution thing, obviously. Yep. And um, that goal was an amazing goal, and it just goes to show, like, they couldn't kick a goal at the beginning half of this year. And then all of a sudden, the last few weeks, they've been able to convert these goals they would normally miss. So that's, it. that's the that's where their rise has come from. They're actually converting. Again, that reminds you of the weekend's game against Sydney, which we'll touch on later. Scoreboard pressure. That's where it counts. Yeah. It's the only one that counts. Oh, well, let's get to the Eagles medical room. Um, a few boys have pulled up sore from the weekend. Chris Marson, Hamish Brayshaw... 
Eric McKenzie. They all pulled up a bit sore, so they're all going to have tests this week to see if they'll play. And, you know, 95% would probably say they're going to play. The big one is Josh Kennedy in the AFL injury list. It says it's his Achilles. Simo yesterday says he got a knock on the knee. But JK this morning on 6PR says it's like a corky in the yeah. middle of his leg. Well, see, that's the thing. They keep mentioning all these different leg injuries. So we can all read between the lines, and it's a shoulder. He's, he's hurt his shoulder. <laughs> uh, that's, that's how much faith you have in these medical room reports. But um, still well, When I first listened to it this morning, yeah. I was sitting there going, oh, yeah, I'm quite confident that he'll play. But I had another listen to it this afternoon, and I missed a little bit. And someone's telling me that he's not going to play this Thursday. I, I don't think he'll play. Like... I mentioned last week about not having Josh Kennedy and Darling in both games against Sydney. Yeah. And I feel it has cost us, um, especially on the weekend. How good it would be if we had the, you know, AFL's leading contested marker up and had <laughs> to take a mark when we needed it. Um, and I think he will be rested if he's sore. I don't think he will play, purely on the reason we've got to get them both up and firing for the pointy end of the season. Because we only need to win a couple more games and that's finals. But we can't, and then it's where we finish. We can't take Essendon lightly, but we'll talk about them later in the bounce down. So before we get to that, we'll talk about the Sydney game up in the final siren. It's the final siren. Yeah, so Sydney, um, they ended up winning 10 goals, 12-72 to the West Coast, 7-15-57. Franklin kicked two, he got two goals, five. Papley, two. Ronk, two. And for the Eagles, we had Kennedy, two. Yo, two. And Ryan Waterman and all on one. Um, the best players, well, we'll talk about them later and what we're going to talk about. There's only 36,000 at the ground. So, again, you know, the crowds aren't turning out interstate, except when we're playing at home. There are only actual games that are actually getting any, any big attendances. But um, about the Sydney game, mm, we let it slip. We had more inside 50s. Yep. I think it was 63 to 52. Smashed them on inside 50s. Smashed them on clearances. Clearances were 36 to 24. Contested possessions we lost, which is something that we really yep. um, gauge our game on. But Sydney have always been a good contested game yep. plan. Um, but look, you just got to look at Oliver Florent. He had 29 possessions. Isaac Keeney had 22 and eight tackles, even though he wasn't, to me, as damaging as what I thought he was going to be. Yeah. I was surprised about those um, stats. And Josh Kennedy, he had 28. But the guy that probably um, sort of like, I can't even remember who it was now, who I'm talking about, <laughs> in the back line. Florian. Lloyd. Yeah. He was one, and he ended up being best on ground with um, Yo. He was the most damaging one. Well, Running off half-back. That's what... We won the key stats as in centre clearances, clearances around the ground, tap-outs, and then inside 50s. But that's where we fell away. That's where they got more possession because they just were intercept marking. They were better than us at. Um, they ran off half-back a lot. They, yeah, that's it. They chipped around. It was and, The game was mainly played in our half. And I saw something that I saw a lot of last year, our half-forwards watching them. Yeah. And it was in that third quarter... There was two times where they ran up through the guts. Five Sydney Swan players running up the guts to get the ball. And you could see in the right-hand part of the screen, four Eagles are standing there. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, not going to mention who they were, like, but we all know who they were. That's the thing. You use the word slip, and that's why this loss hurts. Because it's a game where you're watching yeah. it, effectively, you felt like we should have almost won. 
and we let ourselves down. And you just look at the last quarter. We held them goalless in the first, held them goalless again in the last, but then kicked two goals five. Yeah. And lost by 15. Like, we could have won it in even just that last quarter. We could have. Like, it's a game we honestly let slip. And could have, should have, but, but didn't. But it wasn't even the conversion rate. That's what cost us the game. But it was silly mistakes. Like, you're 60 out and you hand pass it to Jeddah when you had players around. Of course, they want to close Jeddah down so he couldn't have that massive bomb at goal. So that was a mistake by Waterman. You're better off sitting, you know, 20 metres out, yeah. 50 metres out in front of the goal square. And, and how many times... A smother from JK. When do yeah, you see that? how many that? times have you seen that? Yeah, never. you never. So, you know, these these just rookie mistakes, basically. Liam Ryan. That cost us... Right well, in front. J, JK did it as well. Liam Ryan did it, and Lacroix did it, and they're all known to be sharpshooters almost. So. Liam Ryan probably better a bit further out, bit younger too. So you but give him when he was on the run, he was he did some really good things. I liked it. Um, Yo was a standout for the Eagles. Thirty disposals, eight tackles, two goals. Jack Redden, uh, Chris Martin played good. A guy that doesn't get the kudos enough for my liking is Hearn. He was brilliant. He got caught out a couple of times when McGovern was off the ground. And he had to man up um, Buddy. One of them was a free kick that shouldn't have been given. The other one was probably 50-50. But to me, that guy's leadership is unbelievable. Yeah, like, I think... I agree with you partially there. I think he is getting recognised a lot more now for his output, especially the, this year and the Not last few weeks. Not as much for my liking. Not as much for my But I just find, like, even our page, you know, the voting, he's always up there now and... Last year, you would have people, and from my point of view, it always surprised when there was negative things about him. And I was like, you serious? This guy's amazing. His kicking's great, you know, and his efficiency's great, you know. And But then this year, I'm finding a lot more people are noticing this. Um, well, you just said voting. Let's go to the coaches' votes. Sydney versus West Coast. Elliot Yeo got 10. Lloyd got 8. So they're the two that shared the uh, HMAS Sydney Cup, whatever you want to call yeah, it, medal. Yeah, medal. Heath Grundy was three. Now I'm surprised. I thought Grundy was probably second best in ground. Yeah. Probably even better than Lloyd. Uh, Nick Natanui, I was very surprised he got three votes. Yeah. Because I thought Sinclair had the better of him. Um, Josh Kennedy from Sydney got three. Oliver Florent, two. And Lance Franklin, one. Yeah. I'm very surprised that Lance Franklin got one. Yeah. Well, Oliver and Florence I'm is a sneaky one for votes. the rising star now. You know, he's come from nowhere, this kid, you know, because he didn't play at the beginning yeah. of the year. Um but, yeah, I just find Brisbane, Brisbane would be spewing. Let's be honest. Yo's just... Oh. He really came of age last year in the back line, primarily playing in the back line. He can go anywhere, so it makes him such a good utility to have. But being thrust into the midfield now, it took him a while to ease into that role almost because we played in there a bit last year, but we found he wasn't as effective and he was off half yeah. back. But this year he's just gone from strength to strength and... It's not the first game he's been best on ground for us, you know, and kicking goals in the midfield. I always say, goal-kicking midfield is worth their weight in gold. And then you chuck in Redden, who had 28 disposals. Our two best midfielders, arguably, last weekend were both ex-Brisbane players. So yeah, well... I bet well, they wish they never did those trades. Or they probably stuff. don't watch Eagles games anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think that anyone watches the Brisbane games, sadly. But you said, yeah, and I've always said he's our barometer. Yeah. Is when he plays good, we're hot and we're on, and we usually win. But this time he's played great, and Redden played great, and we've lost. Again, scoreboard pressure is what costs us the game. And we've just got to atone that this week, because we're playing a team that's going to be a lot faster. It's going to be a totally different game plan, but we'll go on to them a bit more later on. Just a bit, you know, I was just trying to pick out different players and how they played. Um, 
so everyone was raving about Cole and he's doing his job and he's doing his role. He is doing his he's doing a great, great thing. Jed is still getting a lot of well, what do you call it? I think people got high expectations of him. They do, I'm and one. that does that does go against I'm, him, I think, the I'm expectations. One. He's good at kicking out, you know, the kicks up into got the long kicks. Long kick. That was a game plan though. Yeah, going in that was coached. Was, you knew it was well done. Um he could have settled himself, have a look at goals. My only grievance with Jeddah is his attempt. It is it's it's substandard. He needs to look like he wants to be out there, and I just see it too much. And if he can turn that around, I reckon he'll have less people, um, I don't know, on social media going at him because he's an easy scapegoat when people see him not have that body language. Well, and I know you, you, you've had a difference of opinion on it. No, I, I actually agree with the body language thing. And I think people yeah. get stuck on that because it, if you've got bad body language, it highlights your mistakes and yeah. it makes you look like you don't want to be there per se. Um, but see, the thing with me, I try and look at it as who's in our best 22, what's our best 22. Yeah. So in a game where our none of our backs really actually got much of the ball because the game was played more in our forward line, it's just they converted better when it was in there. They were all around the 13s, 14s. I think Hearn was one of the... No, I think Nelson was one of the highest with 16. Yeah. And he, he showed a bit of run, and that's what I've been crucial. I want to see his run from Nelson, but that's... Mm. Off track. So with Jeddah, I'm like, well, is he in our best 22? And I, well, yeah, he is. And well, I find after that loss, as you use the word scapegoat, 100% correct. Our problem was our forward line. We were yeah. very young and we didn't convert and we made mistakes. And then people were attacking someone in the back line. So to me, right then, we held so Sydney Goldust in the first and the last, like I've already said. So as far as I'm concerned, they didn't score a huge margin. The backs did their job. You know, yeah, that, that is a um, Like I said. So the, that wasn't the problem with that game. And you've got to put it down. As I said, it was a game we should have won, let's slip. I think it was just one of those things. And we'll learn When you're it. up, you know, these things happen. You know, you... And I think you said Simpson wasn't too worried about the intent and these kinds of things. Because, as I said, we went over their hostile ground. We went out with one of probably... One of our best players this year thus far in Jack Darling... We had Barras out, which was like a big out considering McGovern's now our only general and big back. Um, so we had a few outs, you know what I mean? And we pushed him, and not only did we push him, we could have won that game. Yeah, we could, we could have and we should have, and that's the hard part about it. Um, before we go on to a few other things, the TNG uh, voting of the year sort of like went with everything else. Yo, three, Redden, two, and Hearn, one. And it's a surprising they're all together on nine behind Darling on 11, so it's going to be interesting who ends up winning that one. I love uh, looking at that, because I just said Darling, in my opinion, has been our best player of the year. You've just said he's leading, and I've mentioned Redden and Yo being yeah, so second, so yeah, so, yeah, it's good, yeah. And Gaffey's just behind him, and um, yeah, so that's probably why Gaffey you, might you, not pull as many uh, you, you brown can, You can't make this stuff up, people. That's amazing. We've touched on every one of those players that's leading, and yeah, it's good so to see. So it's good that the, uh, the members of the TNG pages are seeing that. Uh, while we're on the TNG page, um, we've got a conjunction tipping competition with the uh, Go Footy guys. Um, so I'm just going to go through who the leaders are. Dodzy, that's Graham Dodson. He's on 85. So there's a call out to you, buddy. Congrats, Graham. He's jumped. If you know what the, I mean. He's jumped in the first spot, knocked Nick Nat Hearn back off his throne. Um, Shell, 88, from West Coast Eagles for Life. She's second. Nick Nat Hearn, it's a good guy, that guy from TNG. 
he's third. And Mouseed, 83. JB's on 83. And Cass and Toby, they won the round. And Dodsey got second. That's probably why he's in top spot. You've got to stay there, but Dodsey. So let's see the pressure's on you, buddy. So with that to do, we'll go in and talk about East Perth, boys. The revolving door. All the stats that matter at the Royals. So East Perth, they, they got close to Subiaco. They're the team that's got the closest to them. They only, you know, went down by, what is it, 18 points. So 11, 15, 81 to East Perth's 9, 9, 63. Um, this segment, we usually talk about what boys can push up into the seniors. Um, if anyone's earned a spot, um, looks like the only way you can get into the Eagles is by injury. So Archie, he got... He was probably one of the best on the ground. 22 disposals. Partington racked up another 22. Ainsworth, 20. So they're the same guys putting in each week. Matty Allen, again. I've got him down as one goal, but I'm pretty sure he got two. And they were late in the game. Mudema had 18 disposals. He only played in the second half. Yeah, so that's pretty good. That Well, I read that, and I didn't know if they meant... Did you watch the game? No, I didn't. So I don't know if they meant he came into the game in the second half, as in, like, oh, he was nowhere to be seen in the first half. Oh. So he only injected himself really into the game, so, or if he literally had limited minutes. But well, see, he wasn't on the injury list, so I didn't know out, how to take that. Yeah, There's somebody out there that um, watches the games. I think Vicky on our page, she goes down and watches more time. If you can let us know, that'd be great. Watson got 15 disposals. Rotham, around average 11. Petricelli, 10 disposals. Not really... Doing enough to push himself in. No. Uh, Vardy's probably had more time in the rock this time. Uh, Mackenzie, he had an average game from what I hear. Yep. And he pulled up a bit sore. Schofield the same. Couldn't get the runs out of defence like he wanted to, but one on one he was pretty good. And England was unsighted with six disposals. And in reserves, Brayshaw's probably obviously getting... Um, Back in the swing of things. Bringing into the things and not pushing him straight away. But he did 20 disposals, so that's a good thing for somebody that's playing limited minutes. I was about to say, you'd be on very limited minutes and to come back from disposals. the league. Um, that's a promising sign. It's great to just see Brayshaw and say Mackenzie out there, you know, yeah, off, off our injury list that's been out for a while. And yeah. So, yeah, so out of saying that, we look at, say, Josh Kennedy. He's probably going to be out on... You know, with whatever injury he's got. So, do we bring in a Vardy? Do we bring in a McGuinness? Vard or do we just stay small? Well, it's funny because I've said already, hey, you always mirrored exactly what I was about to say. I, I was going to throw another one in uh, with Oscar Allen. He didn't play last week because he was so close to being selected. An emergency. An emergency. Um, Hutchings. But I was thinking, do we well. actually need another tool? If we've got Brander, doesn't get dropped. Who he will need to show something this week, or he will get dropped. Yeah. Um, Waterman, and then we have Lysett or Nicknat resting forward, and I'd love to actually see Nicknat with the way these umpires gone. And if there's four umpires again this weekend, I reckon leave Nicknat mainly forward and let Lysett take most of the rough duties. Imagine how many holding the ball like arms and chopping oh, yeah. arms free kicks he will get yeah. with these fourth umpires. Like they've gone up about ten frees on average a game at more. And they all seem to be in front of goal. Like, someone nudges you slightly in the side, just leap forward, Nick Nat, you know? like I've got a feeling that Hutchings might come in, even though he was emergency last week. Yep. Just to quell the influence of, say, uh, Merritt. Yeah. Um, did Yo take Josh Kennedy? 
because he does have that defensive side to his game. I'm not sure he played. And see, in the voting, Yo got the most votes, but then he somewhat shut down Josh Kennedy to a certain degree as well. Yeah, well, so he, they be. might elect to go head to head. Head to head. But yeah. you never know what they're gonna do. Um, I think well, I think when the tagging rolls, they do. We like to do that when they rely on say that one. Well, player. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Oscar Allen giving a go, but I can't see it happening. Seeing him miss last week, I can't see they giving him a debutant after he's missed a week. If anyone comes in that played at East Perth, it'd be Archie or Ainsworth, I reckon. Well, Archie, I reckon, uh, seven marks. Um, that was Six the seconds. highlight of his game. Apparently, he got a nomination for Mark of the Year in the Waffle. Did so, he? yeah. Oh, I so, understand. and that's saying, I think it was uh, Gaffy and myself were talking about how we love his hands. He's got these great set of hands where he's just plunking these marks. Like, he doesn't fumble it, he takes it first grab. And 20 disposals, that's not bad. So, it might bring him in. But. As I touched on, with all these tools we got already, we may elect to go a small and bring in, say, a midfielder just to sit back there because we're might... very young. And as I said, that to me, that's what lost us the game against Sydney. Um, I'll point fingers. As I said, we had our chance. We let it slip. But I think we do have a few tools, and a lot of teams don't have too many tools. I know yeah. uh, Tigers don't. It's mainly Rewalt, and then the rest are, you know, the young Rioli and that in there, and... Bulldogs are the same, so we well, don't we have to a... have a huge forward line. We just normally do, that's all. If uh, Kenny doesn't play, we're going to have to learn to win without him, so that's a simple thing. So it wouldn't be a surprise to me if they do bring in somebody like a petrol that will add speed. Well, so that's another That's avenue. what I was thinking, because I felt what we lacked, and you touched on it, was the fact we didn't lock it into our forward line. Um, and that was a big thing. You got that many centre clearances and then inside 50s usually from those clearances. Eagles were so good at locking the ball in. If we kicked it behind or anything, we, you know, our forward press, they used to call it, was just so good and that was lacking, you know. They ran it yeah. out with ease. Um, so if they went a small, that would help with locking it in there. Um, and, like, Rioli didn't really have a great day. And, and didn't that, have a great day. Cripps that, didn't have a great that's day. That's what... Cripps, to me, I was like... And I stick up for Cripps a lot, but I, to me, he was just... I, can't even remember actually seeing him in the game. That's how little effect he had. Yeah. But that's where I, I stick up for Jeddah a bit, where I say I pick my best 22. Because no one wants to have a go at Brando, who has five disposals, who roll you, who didn't impact, because they're young kids. So they let them go under the radar. But see, Jeddah Senior, who they expect more from, yeah. they will slam, even though he didn't actually have a bad game. Yeah. Oh, well, look, we're going to talk about the game coming up. So let's get, get to it, eh? Well, a Thursday night at the Optus Stadium, Eagles versus the Bombers. It's going to be an interesting game. So, like we were just talking about who we bring in and all that, I'd hate to be a selector at the moment for the Eagles because it's going to be interesting and how they go. They go which way, ever way they're going to go. Um, Essendon aren't going to be easy beats. They've got a few players out, but Ambrose is out for two weeks still. Begley's out for the season. Danaher. He, I don't know what's going on with him. He's still out. Uh, Gleason's out for two weeks. Heppel will play. He's got concussion, but he should play because they had the week off. Parrish, he's a midfielder. He's four to five weeks. And Zaharakis, which is a Big good out for us, for yeah. if you're an Eagles fan, because he's usually he's like a yoey. Yeah. He can turn he's the game good. on his foot, and um, I respect him highly. Look, where are we going to win it, and how are we going to win it, mate? Um. I think our back line, as long as... And that's an easy 
choice because that's Eagle's strength is our back line. And yeah. to set marking our rebounding out of there. And funny enough, that's something they said about Frankie Watson's game. He had seven marks, and apparently a lot of them were intercept marks. So early on in the game, yeah, he really, really game, yeah. kept so kept us in that game against Subi. Um, but yeah, I reckon now rebound off half back. I reckon we'll win us that game. And it's funny they got quite an injury list, and I feel like they're better but, players because too. yeah, but. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. they've lost their key forward as well. Zachary, as you said, when he's on, he's on. Bit hot and cold, but when he's on, he's on. You know, Heppel will come back, but Parrish is a young gun. And the good thing about Parrish is he can go on the mid and they can they put him forward a bit too, so he's they, a dangerous player. They have found their a bit of spirit again in the last few weeks. Yeah. They were done and dusted. They found a bit of belief. They are a very fast team when they get the ball and run. That's what they love to do. Yep. I call them the front runners for that reason because when they get ball, they just go. Yep. Their defence is probably not as good and that's probably where they lack. But we can't underestimate this team, especially with Wooshier as a coach because he knows yep. a bulk of our team better than anyone else. Um, but will the wet weather, will that play, a, will that be a big influence because it's, it's supposed to be wet? Well, you know, rule of thumb is it the smaller sides usually does better in the wet. Um, I wonder if that'll help influence the selection table with bringing in a taller or a small. The fact it'll be a wet game, but um, yeah, I just this year I don't know what to make of some teams. Like they're hot and cold, and nothing shows that like the Carlton game the on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, they lost the first quarter. They got smashed in the first half. So like seventy points. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. Free warm, but they actually won the second half. Yeah, and to me that just sums up the season and. That was just a game. game. Yeah, that yeah. was exactly right. How can you get smashed by 70 points in a half of footy, but then go on and win the second half? That's exactly like the season's been, but it's been from game to game. Like, whoever rocks up on the day, you can't take yeah. it easy or that. Because this is a team that beat Adelaide first And week. this team smashed us last year. In the, yeah. Actually, in their first half, they smashed us. We sort of equaled up with them in the second half. The funny but they th- smashed us. Funny thing is, though, I remember it was like, and I'm not even making this up, and if I'm wrong, pull me up on it in the comments, but I swear in the first quarter they got like 15 free kicks. Yeah, I, I think, swear it was a game where yeah. they got like, hit double digits before we even got a free kick, and they got the... Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they weren't deserved. It was a deserved. Nice Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No one really commented on it. That didn't hit the media. It was just like, oh, he was got jumped on early and oh, the could come back. The noise doesn't exist past the West Coast. Man. Yeah, it's, I do. It's yeah. only on this side. I swear the, um, Scott brought that up first, which was a bit ironic because he never complained when he was assistant coach at Fremantle. But, he, but then as soon as he goes back east, it's like, oh. They compl- he complained about it, not his team not having their noise of affirmation the yeah. other day. So. He complained about it during finals again. I think it's a habit he just <laughs> likes to complain. But being a Vic side, at least he can go to Gil McLaughlin's house and complain yeah, to him in person. Thus, we don't get that luxury. Like, yeah. take, a, take a wild turkey and talk about it, mate. Um, well, look, it's going to be an interesting game. I've got a soft spot for uh, Essendon, as I told you a couple of weeks ago. Um, Wushu comes over here as a favourite son, but he's actually the enemy. Yep. So at the end of the game, I'll take my hat off to you, Wushu, but before then, you're a, you're an evil bastard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Before the siren, you know, he's an eagle's great. As soon as the siren goes, yep. he's the enemy. Somehow. And um, I'm hoping we uh, spoil his day, but he's going to be... This is the second time. They're the first Victorian team to play it twice. Yep. So they'll know a bit about the ground. It's not saying it's going to give them an advantage, but it's hopefully they're the first team to lose here twice. Yeah, fingers crossed that it doesn't work in their favour, you know. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping anyway.
Um, right, let's get to a tip and margin. I reckon Eagles by 22 points. Only 22? Only 22. I think people get in the habit of underestimating teams. I look at what the team's actually capable more than the yep. current form because I think the Saints game was a wake-up call too. Yeah. That it teams can turn it on if the talent is there and the talent is there. So. Well, look, if, if it's wet like it is at the moment, I'd say around, I was going to say 23, 24. <laughs> Very but, close to mine, yeah. But if it's a lot drier, oh, it'll be a blowout. It'll be like 48. Yeah. Uh, right, we could use the percentage boost. Um, I think Eagles need to do it. And I think the loss against Swans will wake them up. The last quarter against Saints will be a definite... Um, yeah. A wedge there for them to drive home. So, look, I'm hoping it's a win. So, and let's see who uh, lines up. It's going to be interesting who lines up, but it's going to be a good night. But the only thing is, is it's a Thursday night, and I'm going to talk about that in my roast. So, let's get to it, eh? Yep. Under the pot. All right, Dan. You want to go first? Because I've got two. Okay, I'll go first. It's it's something we've touched on before and mentioned before, but it's relative again because it's in the media. They're talking about dropping the two expansion teams because they're not getting the crowds. Um, and Is this a Wayne Swass article? Yeah, there's been a couple, and there's been a lot All of right. discussion about it. And I actually kind of agree, but I don't think they're going deep enough. I think we need to get it a 14-team yep. uh, comp. I think... Yeah, all right, you want to get expansion teams. But I honestly think even Brisbane Lions are going under the radar here a bit. They've been down for quite some time, and they're not getting crowd numbers as well. Yeah, you want an AFL team up in Queensland, but I'm sick of carrying teams. And then carry that back to Victoria. How well, long has AFL been carrying the St Kilda, North Melbourne, you know, even Bulldogs? They got good numbers, and it was the first year they didn't like have run at a loss, and it was after a grand final. I guarantee they'll run at a loss again this year. You know what I mean? We've seen that the fans aren't rocking up already. You know what I mean? So cut it down to 14. Everyone plays each other twice. And then it's an even comp. Scrap the pre-season comp. And then, yeah, to work out the season runs almost the same length. Yeah. If you take out the pre-season comp. And that, to me, that's all you got to do. And then you have a fairer competition. I, I agree totally. I think on social media said 14 teams. I'd go one fair and go 14 teams. Yeah, I'll but 14 teams. I, I couldn't see him going that far. But you could get four teams merged into two. Yep. Which will bring it back to 16, right? So you'd go Brisbane and Gold Coast. Because let's face it, Brisbane didn't work when they were on the Gold Coast. Gold Coast ain't working on the Gold Coast, right? Merge them into your one team in Queensland. You keep your presence up in the Northern Northern States. Yep. Then you merge two other teams. Now they're going to be two Victorian teams. And... They can whinge and cry and do whatever they like about history and all that. But you mentioned two teams, St Kilda. You mentioned North Melbourne. Yeah. But Carlton should be in that mix as well because how long do they have to have a rebuild? They, they've been rebuilding for how long? All right. So you, I, to me, it's, it, to it's, you've got to look at it more off the field as well. Carlton have the fans. Their fans still surprisingly rock up, which surprises me. Well, they haven't in the and last couple they're of weeks. Not, well... I think they've got the record with Collingwood for most highest attendance or something. Actually, no, that could be wrong. I think Richmond have it this year. But they're up there. so And they're not running at a loss. And I, I differ with you a bit about the merger thing because, as you said, these clubs have a rich history. But you're not making an AFL level. So the team that gets cut is 
the VFL or the, what's the one under that the VFA they call it or is VFA, that the other yeah. one yeah that's the team that gets cut because all you do is relegating these teams down to a lower level because they're not making it as AFL teams so St Kilda the, their history's not cut their team's not cut they're dropped they're dropped from the competition AFL competition they go back to VFL level because I just they're not making it and they're just so dead set on their ways and stubborn and this is where the politics come in and they want to keep it VFL orientated we've touched on that already and that's exactly what it is you're carrying Victorian teams that aren't performing on the field yeah. aren't performing off the field and a blight's on the game but more than that is a blight on the competition because you're draining the funds and again with the politics you want a team in Queensland but that no team no sport because it's a surfing state you know everyone surfs up there no one really goes to the sport yeah. like all sporting codes suffer up there and don't get good attendances but you want a team there because of the politics it's ridiculous kangaroos go to Tasmania Tasmania want a side you'll get 20,000 18 to 20,000 there that's more than you got or power what you got in your good Friday game which was supposed to be a marquee game well yeah that's what I'm saying you merge two teams and move mm. them to Hobart yeah and you brought it and it, I've always said quality over uh, quality over quantity that's it and that's what we need to do but then they talk about bringing in the AFL reserves in two years time that's even going to spread the pool even wider. So it's going to delete, you know, the state comps become yeah. even worse. But, you know, yeah. and does that, be, yeah, to me, they just got to get it right. And the next five years is um, a crucial thing for the AFL going forward. Some teams need to probably sit and go, we're open to a merger because none of them will want to say we want to n- not exist. That's where I think they just go down a level. So the clubs doesn't disappear. The club's still there, but you go watch them play at the VFL. Um, yeah, but will they get but, the sponsorship? Will, will they get the players to go on there? But not, that, that's the thing. They're not getting sponsors now. You look at their jerseys. they got pathetic sponsors. But, but no one wants to throw money at this effectively, club. Effectively, the AFL wants to bring in a reserves competition, so that's going to push down the VFL anyway. But again, like we're touching on that. Who's that going to help? That's not going to help interstate teams, more travel burden, and the young kids yeah. travelling. And the problem with having the young kids, some of them are, are still fathers, so they've got young families, you know. Yeah. And Again, it's just that just happens to the VFL. That's not going to help interstate time by having your whole squad travelling every second week. Well, it's a good topic you brought up, Dan. I like it. Yeah. It's one of the best under the pumps we've had, I reckon. And it's, <laughs> I reckon it hits home because uh, something needs to be done about it. Um, I'm quickly just going to go on one, um, if I can find it. <laughs> I, uh, I talked about the fixtures last week and I'm not, this is not a whinge or nothing, but when a team like the Eagles play Sydney twice before they play six other teams once, that is a joke. Go back to the old days where you play each other once and then you play five other teams the second time. I'm with you 100% um, it's, on it's, that. It's a, it's a joke. And it's not just Eagles, it's other teams like, you know... You play a team twice and you're sitting there going, well, what's happening here? You know, this is a joke. We, we play Port Adelaide twice before we play Brisbane. You know, we played Brisbane the last game of the year. I was going to say around you know? 23rd, 16th, um, was about the same. It say. is a joke. Um, I just don't understand it. You've got uni students that sit there and they have their feces. Not feces. Thesis. <laughs> <laughs> should edit that one, but I'm not no, going like to leave that, in, leave that in there. They don't, you know, let's get some real football people in there that work on these things. But, my real under the pump is the WA government. We're having a Thursday night game. You've known about this since the fixtures were out. And you turn around, you can't have any special event, buses or trains. That is an absolute joke. 
but you turn around and say, well, they will be running after the game. You've got to get people to the ground first to get them home again. So if you're expecting everyone to turn up their two hours early, you're kidding yourselves and you need to have a good look at yourselves because it is a joke. Um, you know, I can understand that if it was a long weekend or something like that, that's cool. If it was a long weekend on the Friday, good because people were people got to work. You got country fans that want to come up to the game. How are they going to get to the game? Um, they need to really think about it. And it's not the AFL's problem; it's the WA government's uh, problem. They need to do something about it. Buy more buses, buy more trains, do something about it. And be honest and say when the bridge is going to be open. It's not going to be open in May, and it's not going to be open into this month. So be honest with it, and let's move on. Uh, good bake and um. I couldn't agree more. It's funny. I was very much for Thursday night games last year. But this year I've gone to a lot more footy to go see it live. And I've done the reversal. So I can see the other side of the argument so much now. Where just people, as you said, people work. Country football fans can't really come watch it. And it's um, called I, forward planning. I sound like a whinge now, but I've complained about a late Sunday game before. You know what I mean? The fact you got to work there. On a Thursday, you've worked that day, then you're working after. And um, see, I live in Allenbrook, and I rely on that bus. First time I catch the train, it was a nightmare, just because yep. there's no train station, obviously, near Allenbrook. So it was a mission. And then the bus, I was just amazed at how smoothly that bus runs and how you're not lining up for ages and... And yeah, it's well, quite believe, quick too. So to not have that, I cannot is a believe they can't have a limited number of buses going, at least. But they've got none. It's just, it's it's a joke. Um, I bet you there's buses sitting in depots that could be used. Oh, definitely. They've got a depot in uh, Allenbrook, yeah. so I know for a fact you know that they're I mean? sitting out um, doing there, it. There's going to be buses there. So for the WA government to come out with that crap is just it's. It's in the dark ages. Get with it. You can blame it on the other government as well because they didn't buy more trains when they were supposed to and more buses here. But the one thing you need to do, and this is I'm going to give a bit of a tick to the VFL, I mean to the Victorian government, they do it right. You can get to a game any time, any day in Victoria by public transport. The public transport is second to none. So WA... Have a look at it. You've got one of the best stadiums in there, but if you want people to go there on a Thursday night and have the noise of affirmation, you need to provide them with a way to get there, seeing you've taken away car parks and people driving to get there. So that's that's my uh, yeah. under-the-pump of the night. you like. can't say that a Thursday night's busier than, say, a Friday night game or week game. You assume less people are catching public transport on a Thursday night than they would a weekend. They're not going out. They're not doing these things, you know. People are busy. <laughs> yeah, I just, just don't so understand it. I think I just, it's just a mistake. They've just been stubborn and said, yeah, it's a Thursday, so uh, I'm not doing it. There's too many excuses. Mm. All right. Well, that's been a pretty good uh, show tonight. It's not as long as uh, normal, but um, before we go, we're going to give a shout-out to Go Footy. They uh, do a podcast, so they're winging it. Uh, they do their live on Monday night. Eagles back chat, I think, is back this week. They've had a week off because of the uh, the buyers. Uh, I don't know who's on the show, do you know? They didn't have a... I think it was Master. I don't Braun know. was supposed to be on last week. Yeah, Braun, week and he didn't turn up. Didn't rock so. up. <laughs> He's probably sitting in his house in City Beach having a look at the waves. <laughs> so, um, And if you're up early on Saturday morning this Saturday, um, Ollie's in Bali, so I'm filling in for Ollie and joining Gaffy on RTRFM at about 7.45 where we will talk about the, uh, the round of football ahead and the games that have just probably been played on the Thursday and Friday. So hopefully you all tune in for that. Um, because 
it's an early morning for me, so I want you to get up yourself and have it a bright early morning yourself. And it's always a great listen anyway. Listen to the dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, guys, let's hope for a win at uh, Up to Sable this week. Um, we need to get back on top because theoretically we're a game in hand after, you know, at the moment. Yeah, so, that's it, Warren. Um, once this game's back, we're on even keel. So if we're one game ahead, that's going to help us go on going forward that's it definitely we want that one two spot and games like this are crucial you know they, they make your season really the games that not effectively 50 50 but games you would pencil in as a win but there's a slight risk factor they're the ones you've really got a bag you know yeah, what i mean and we got to do it anyway guys we'll be back at the normal time next week hopefully so um tune in next week and let's go for a big win this is the tng signing off